0: Good morning. On this Tuesday morning, welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We have been talking about the importance of the covenant names that God revealed and unveiled Himself to the people. And of course, this is also something that we find in the New Testament the unveiling, the revelation of God giving His name. What is in a name? What does it represent? What does it mean? What does it signify? We had read the importance of God revealing His name to Abraham. He said, "I am El Shaddai," and then also God revealing the name of Abraham from Abram to Abraham, that that's what he was going to be called. Going to be called, and so was Sarah. Uh, her her name was going to be changed. So we see here that God identifies something very particular and special in us when there is a change in a name. And that's one of the things that occurs or takes place during the the making of the covenant, which God establishes or initiates. Of course, we have mentioned that it includes promises. It includes the books. It includes all these things of what God has said that He would provide for His people. Now, in the book of Exodus, chapter 33, verse 19, and this is where we had ended yesterday. We're going to pick up right there. Then the Lord answered, I will show my love and mercy to whom any one I want to. God is sovereign. So I will cause my perfect goodness. And we have to understand that God's goodness is, It is just unimaginable to the human mind as to how good he is. In spite of him being who he is, he demonstrates his goodness to us all. I will make my perfect goodness pass by in front of you. And I will speak my name, Yahweh, so that you can hear it. Now another translation rendered it this way. The Lord answered, I will make all my splendor pass before you in your presence. I will pronounce my sacred name. I am the Lord and show compassion and pity to whom I choose. Now let's go to the New Testament, the importance and the significance of this. Jesus uh, made the covenant. He said this is the this is my blood, this is my my body that is broken for you, talking about the bread and the wine. And in it, he established the new covenant, or we'll call it the second covenant, as some people do. It's also a testament. And the scripture says that from then on, the disciples, they understood. They know, they knew what that meant, because in their Jewish heritage and understanding... They knew about the David, David's covenant uh, that God had made. They knew the covenant that God had made with Abraham, with Isaac, uh, with Jacob. God knew all these things. They knew all these things. They understood them. So when we get to the New Testament, we can actually get to elaborate a little bit on some of these things. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 17, now we're towards uh, almost... Uh, Uh, The end of the century, uh, John has this revelation, and he is talking to the churches. Of course, a lot of it is in symbolism, uh, so that, you know, when he was on the island of Patmos, he would have to get that writing off of there, and so that if the Romans got it and they looked at it, they read it, they wouldn't be able to understand it because of the way it was written. Otherwise, if he explained it... uh, So that it could be clearly understood they might have destroyed the document or the writings. But it says, he that has an ear to hear. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. And we have to understand that when we're talking about the churches, we're talking about the ecclesia, the called out ones. It's not talking about the building. It's not talking about the denominations but it's talking about all those individuals in these groups that are truly born again, they're saved, they're serving God, and they're fulfilling and doing His will here on earth. So he says, every individual in this class has got to be able to have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying at that moment to that church. You have to remember, the church has been in existence as far as the New Testament church, not talking about the Old Testament, it has been in existence for several thousands of years. In those several thousand uh, years, it's gone through many, many changes. Some people call it dispensation or dispensations. Others are, would would call it uh, periods of time. But whatever you want to call it, the church has gone through many. and. It is identified by many that the church, as it, as it was established and as you find it in the book of Revelation, actually identifies seven particular periods in the church age or in the dispensation of the Gentiles or the dispensation of the church age or the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. Uh, all of these are titles that are given to this period. But here's the important thing. Each one of them identifies a certain period, whether it was from the time of uh, Jesus' ascension all the way up to the first uh, 100 to 300 years, uh, from the first uh, 300 years uh, upward. Each section is actually divided into a period of time. And so whoever has an ear to hear during that time, they are part of that period of the ecclesia it says to him that overcometh or he has the victory i will give to eat of the hidden manna now this is going to be uh, in itself this is a, a a study in itself i'm just going to just touch very little on it uh, but i do want to explain that when we talk about the manna that was what sustained the people of israel 40 years in the wilderness while they were out there uh, it was also something that God told Moses, make sure you collect some, uh, put it in a container and that manna is going to be inside the Ark of the Covenant along with Aaron's rod and the two tablets of stone. And every time it was collected, they could only collect a, s- a certain amount uh, just so that they could eat And then the next day they would have to go and collect more. It it wouldn't go from one day to the next. And they would have to collect more and collect more each time. But this manna that was inside the Ark of the Covenant was supernaturally sustained. It was kept without spoiling, without the worms uh, coming in and eating it or, or being infested. It just lasted day after day. Week after week, month after month, year after year, for a very long extended period of time. That first period was the 40 years out in the wilderness. Then, of course, from the time of Moses, uh, after the, they had, uh, Moses had died and Joshua had gone into the promised land, then, of course, you had the period of uh, uh, the judges. By the time we get to the time of David, the Ark of the Covenant is still around. So we see that they were told that I will give of the hidden manna. The word "they're hidden, is the word secret in, in, in simple language. Hidden means simply something that has been concealed, something that has been covered, uh, something that has been kept secret. So we talk about that Jesus said when they asked them concerning, or they, they told them concerning their fathers in the wilderness, how they ate the manna. And Jesus explained, they ate the manna and they're dead. He says, I'm the true manna, I'm the true bread that comes down from heaven. But it's not just also the food here that it's talking about, but it's talking about the Word of God. The unveiling of those things, one layer after another layer, Kind of like an onion as you're peeling it you're getting into a different level of the Word of God uh, just like there are levels of spiritual growth, you know we can say one is a a child or a baby born again, then one is a child growing in age, uh, but yet you're still a you're still a servant up until you reach. The adoption of sonhood, which basically means now you're able to, on your own, fulfill the Father's will and purposes concerning the inheritance that has been allotted into your life. And then, of course, uh, another individual would identify it in uh, the book of John, chapter 15. Uh, God wants us to produce fruit. Level one. God wants us to produce more fruit. Level two. God wants us to produce much fruit. Level three. God wants our fruit to remain. Level four. So as we grow in him, some people never produce. They're unfruitful completely. We learned that from the sower sows a seed where you reach uh, the three different that 75 percent of those that where the seed was sown, they were unfruitful, but then you have those at 30, 60, and then a hundredfold. So let's look at those that produce fruit. Let's say 30 produce more fruit. Let's say that's 60 produce much fruit. Let's say that's a hundredfold. But then the last level is that your fruit may remain. You find all these verses in the 15th chapter of the book of John. And basically what Jesus is saying, it does no good to have survived and lived a life where you produce fruit. And at the very end, all of that you worked for uh, is lost. Or only part of it uh, remains. God's purpose is that everything that has been fruitful in our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit and by His will, according to His word, that it remain, so that when it's tested up by fire, it will be there. Uh, many, many Christians' lives, when their works are tested, nothing is going to remain. The only thing that's going to be left over is going to be their salvation. So when we talk about the hidden manna, we're talking about being able to go into the Word of God. And then God, as we spend time with the Master, as we spend time with the Teacher, as we spend time with our Lord, that He begins to show us these things. And we can learn this from the so Souls of Parable because Jesus expressively, I mean, He told them, because they asked him concerning, how come you're talking to us in parables and not to them? It says in Matthew thirteen eleven, And he answered and said unto them, because it is given to you to know the mysteries. And the word there that is used, mysteries, is not something that is not known, but is just simply something that has been kept a secret. The idea of There has been silence. Nothing has been mentioned. There has been no unveiling or taking or pulling the veil out so that we can see what it is. But to us as believers in Christ, God has given us His Spirit that all these things may be known unto us and revealed unto us by His Spirit. So He says, It is given unto you to uh, know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not. And then, of course, we could always use uh, 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 Elijah when he was getting ready to go on his journey and he had to eat of that manna, uh, of that angel's food that was provided by the angel. And he ate twice and then, of course, he went on that long journey uh, just on that food. But he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, it's a constant daily thing. We need to be daily listening to what is God saying. And then having those mysteries unveiled to us to know what to do. And he says, I will also give him a white stone and in the stone a new name, written which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. Now this is where... uh, we're going to pick up tomorrow on Wednesday, talking about the name. We just mentioned the managers just very briefly. But now it says to him also is going to be given a white stone. What is meant by a white stone and what is represented by a new name written on it that no man knows except the one that receives the stone. There's a lot of possibilities. There's a lot of... Uh, interpretations by, that are given by different theologians. But uh, you'll have to join us tomorrow so we can pick up on this as we look a little bit more deeper into what is in a name and why does it has to be revealed and unveiled and why does God have the covenant names that He revealed unto His people by the things that He did. Well, until then, Consider this food for thought and for the imagination. Join us on Wednesday. Keep looking up our redemption draw at night. The Lord richly bless you. Amen.